0: Introduction to the Sacrament of Marriage An interview with Sister Moira de Bono for the Introduction to the Sacraments series. Sister Moira de Bono is a religious sister of Mercy of Alma, Michigan, with a doctorate of sacred theology. Sister Moira is currently a lecturer at the University of Notre Dame, Australia, specialising in the sacraments. join us again with Sister Maria DeVona. So thank you for joining me again.
1: Oh you're welcome.
0: Now this time we're going to be looking at the sacrament of marriage or holy matrimony and we're we're finished with the sacraments of initiation and we're moving in we're sort of on the the tail end I guess we're past the halfway mark with the sacraments. Now this grouping of sacraments the sacrament of marriage and also the sacrament of holy orders is known as the sacraments at the service of communion I believe that's how the catechism puts it um, can you explain to me what exactly that means?
1: When we, the catechism, as it places those two sacraments together, really helps emphasize something that actually identifies the nature of the church. Um, what do I mean by that? The catechism groups these two sacraments under the title in chapter 3, the Sacraments at the Service of Communion. And when we speak about communion, we recognize that what we're looking at is the communion of persons, the communion of persons where in Lumen Gentium, the church is identified as being like a sacrament. And one of the, those characteristics of being like a sacrament is that it's, as the sacrament signs something in a material way of a spiritual reality. And, you know, even sacramentals, we can say, participate in what we call the sacramental principle. And as we heard St. John Paul II speak about frequently, that the Trinity is a communion of persons, a communion of persons that is bound by love. That's what brings them into communion with each other, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that as members of the body of Christ, as members of the church, ultimately each of us is to manifest this communion of persons in our life, according to whatever vocation we're called to. And in a particular way, in the power of the Paschal Mystery, we see that the sacraments of matrimony and holy orders are two vocations which allow the individuals to literally, as it says, be at the service of communion. In other words, build communion. And, you know, we'll talk about holy orders at another point. But as we talk about marriage, we see that we could say, well, we, you know, those who are married increase the numbers of the church. And that's a very practical sense. But at the same time, at the same time, we recognize that the sacramental sign of marriage is the characteristic of marriage where the spouses manifest Christ's love for his church, his self-giving love, his full self-giving love to the church. And we don't necessarily mean this in the sense that the man is Christ and the woman is the church. Uh, But that each of them, each of the couple of the spouses are Christ to each other because we recognize that in a sacramental celebration, sacramental celebration is always an encounter with Christ and marriage is very unique in the sense that the ministers in the Roman rite of marriage are understood to be the spouses, that one is Christ for the other and that through the marriage, through that, uh, what, uh, that this will be expressed in different ways through the marriage. And what we say is that the sacrament is celebrated in the wedding ceremony, but it's, it's lived out all through life. And persons are not often made aware or remember, maybe, the power of Christ's Paschal mystery that has been given to them within this relationship. Uh, the effects of this, you know, of every sacrament is for, uh, is, is to help us live our life, to become more conformed to Christ in one way or another. And in the sacrament of marriage, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about how the, um, the image for the married couple is actually Christ on the cross, that as Christ gave his life, as a manifestation of his love for his spouse, that that is what the couples are are for each other. And to uh, paraphrase the catechism a little bit, that marriage is to help the other, to help the other um, become holy. And that in the process, that spouse too becomes holy. Um, And so that the human love, the human love that brings the man and woman together in marriage is a love that brings life, that brings life in many different ways into the world um, in manifesting this image of Christ's love for the church. And the Vatican Council, again, very beautifully basically paraphrase the Council of Trent way back from the 1500s to say that in sacramental marriage, the human love of the couple is taken up into divine love. It's literally transformed into divine love, which means what? Which means that the love that, or the imperfect love that a spouse has for another is actually brought to a whole other realm when that love of Christ is also part of the marriage, and sacramental marriage.
0: Hmm. Why is the church, though, I guess, so interested in marriage? I mean, I guess you, you could say that uh, a, f- a friendship between people could potentially, one could be Christ for the other in, in, in a friendship. and I guess we are called to that in loving one another. Why specifically is marriage considered to be so important by the church? And I guess following on from that, what are the effects that that marriage uh, produces? I'm not sure if that's the right word. that can't be seen in, in other relationships in the same way.
1: Uh, huge question, Luke. So this will just really be a bit of a summary. Um, we The church has recognized really from very, very early on that this relationship between a man and a woman is special. When we look at scripture, when we look at the Old Testament, right at the very beginning in Genesis, we see what we can call the institution of marriage when we have uh, Adam and Eve. And interestingly enough, This union that God brings them to is one that is formed or instituted, if you want to use that word, before the first sin, before original sin. So this is something that uh, we understand to be um, very much in God's plan. Also, the phrase in Genesis where... um, God says let us make man let us make them in our image and likeness. It's a very interesting phrase to reflect on for a long time because we recognize that what does this what was this image because God is invisible. And the Jews were told in their law not to have you know like sculpted images or idols. So what what did he mean when he said this? And we come to understand that this is uh, a reflection of this communion of persons that the man and the woman uh, not only spiritually have in that relationship of love, that communion of love with one another, but that they embody it, right, in the marital embrace, to use the phrase of Christopher West. Um, And so the church, as I said, has recognized something special that we have some evidence already in the second century where one of the early fathers of the church says it's a good thing when a couple goes to see the bishop when they're engaged. Obviously, there wasn't the right that we have now, but that to recognize the solemnity of that relationship. And it took the church... It took the church some time, and we still talk about it as we develop our theology of all the sacraments, of the depth of meaning. But we know, we know in Scripture how frequently God, through the words of the prophets, or the words of Jesus Himself, words of John the Baptist, uh, or Saint Paul, express express this image, the spousal image as a way to um, characterize the relationship God has with his people, that Jesus has with his church. And so we rec- that So this, it would be a reality that needs to be protected, enhanced, and to allow to be as fruitful as possible as we see that um, it's life-giving love that is the fruit of, of the spells of relationship.
0: So you're speaking about the church fathers there and how we see the solemnity of marriage as treated um, with solemnity, as I say. Oh, uh, reverence, yes. Reverence, yeah, yeah by, by the early church fathers. But we also see that St. Augustine talks about the three goods of marriage, and I believe that they, that reverberates and is a consistent theme since him uh, in the church's approach to marriage. Can you tell me about those?
1: Yeah, St. Augustine's three goods was faithfulness, the sacrament, which for him meant the the indissoluble bond, and children or fruitfulness, and so these three goods, he saw as being if they were goods for the couple, and that and also goods for all of society, so that when we speak of faithfulness, for example, that that and there's there's a difference between that and the bond that faithfulness is that, is that unity between the couple, the trust between the couple, the, the growing in relationship. And you know, oftentimes when people think about faithfulness, uh, what comes to mind is when people aren't faithful, and usually that comes down to adultery. But what the church, is, we've come to understand, and we see that in Jesus's words, uh, even in the gospel, when he said, "If if a man looks at a woman lustfully, he's already con- committed adultery in his heart," right? It's again, it's 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 in this category. Is that how does one? Oh, excuse me. How do the spouses grow in relationship to one another? How do they so that, for example, um, that there's a always an openness for communication? Again, this has to be a bit of a summary, but if someone is what we consider a workaholic granted persons have to work to make a living and so that they can be they can put food on the table and make a life for their family but sometimes persons stay away sometimes persons stay at work late because if they go home they will have to address some issues with the spouse that they might not want to that 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 is too hard to deal with or to help take care of the children. And so that's not growing in a faithfulness. You know, what and so so growing in faithfulness is is something that is for the good of both spouses and for the couple themselves. When we speak of the sacramental bond, some persons will consider it a chain, whereas it is meant it is meant once again that there be that that trust of a relationship, a trust in the relationship not only with the other spouse, but also with God. Because in a sacramental marriage, the graces of the sacramental marriage mean that if this bond is meant to be indissoluble, as we say, unbreakable, where the church doesn't recognize divorce, that means that the Lord has promised the means so that the bond is indeed unbreakable. And with the cooperation of the couple, it might be hard to get over difficulties or whatever life situations may uh, present themselves, but the Lord has given us, never gives us more than we can handle. He gives us the means to accomplish what he asks. And so in that indissoluble bond, the couple have the faithfulness of God to trust in, that Um, This bond is meant to sign the indissoluble love of Christ for his church. As Jesus has promised that he'll be with his church until the end of time, and we have great hope in that and faith in that, that within a marriage, that's also true, shall we say, on a micro level, that. Jesus has promised to be present there, and so he will be. And so, um, as the couple strives to live that reality of indissolubility, they are actually living the prophetic role of their baptism as well, because they are preaching the truth, preaching the truth outwards. That in this day and age when so many persons, you know, have. we see such an increase in divorce, that, that trust in the, in, the, in the graces that God has given and in, the, in their faithfulness in striving to work something through. Uh, we need to encourage couples to be able to, to acknowledge those graces and to embrace that, to embrace that relationship that the Lord is offering them. The third good of marriage is children children, fruitfulness, right? that St. Augustine says, you know, we often think uh, in one way, marriage is good for the sake of the children. St. Augustine actually has a different take on it. He says that children are good for the couple, that, com- that the mission of raising the children is something that brings them together as a couple. So that reality of faithfulness, the reality of indissolubility also is comes into play there. And that, um, yes, marriage is good for the children, but the children are good for the marriage. And again, we are, it's, it's that working out, how do we raise the children? What school do they go to, etc. cetera? It, it's not, it's meant to be, uh, a way of drawing the couple or opportunities for the couple to come into communion with each other.
0: All right. There's many, many questions that can be <laughs> yeah. asked about marriage, um, but nonetheless, we only have our, our time allotted to us. So thank you very much for speaking about marriage, Sister Moira. You're welcome. And we'll be back next week with the Sacrament of Holy Orders. So thank you. That was Sister Moira De Bono speaking on the Sacrament of Marriage. For more from the introduction to the sacraments series, visit cradio.org.au.